my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. How are you doing today, people? I hope that you've had a great week. I know as we let this podcast out on Sundays, most people are listening to this while they're doing their cleaning or enjoying themselves, and I just hope that you're having the best time that you could possibly have this weekend. I am joined today by my dear friend, Paula Walcott. It has taken us a minute to get here, but we are here. Right, Paula? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Delay is never denial. <laughs> never, never, never. Delayed, but not denied. Yes, I truly believe Absolutely. that. Yes. <laughs> so why don't we kick off by just telling our audience, who is Paula Walcott? What is your HR story? How did you get here? Okay, so Paula Walcott, the HR professional, um, actually was not going to be in HR. I was going to be in finance, like my eldest brother, my best friend at the time when we were in school, we were both going to be finance professionals mm -hmm. and everything was set up for that. What? And then in the middle of studying finance at the Barbados Community College, it was like, mm, I don't like this no more <laughs> that much. <laughs> Um, maybe this is not what I want to do. And uniform, mm -hmm. because I've always been a very decisive person. Um, mm -hmm. When we were deciding after community college university, it was like, uh, you're going to go by yourself, bestie, because I'm not coming. I'm not ready. It's not finance. I know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go immediately into university to study anything because I wasn't sure. I knew right. it wasn't finance anymore. So at that okay. time, it was like, well, what is it, right? Mm -hmm. So I started working in a finance department. Okay. Um, and actually in the same industry I am in now, which is insurance. Really? And I was a premium processing officer and a relief cashier. And during that process, I actually started to notice some changes within the business from mm -hmm. an HR perspective. Mm -hmm. So the first HR manager that was there when I joined, she left. And then we had two consultants. And then we had an HR professional again. And in that mm -hmm. process, as we changed through people, it was like the experience was not consistent from one mm -hmm. person to the next. It was this huge difference. And I right. started to think, hmm, maybe it's HR. Maybe that's what I want to do. So I started to look around for courses at university to see, well, okay, what can I put together that will give me the best opportunity to be successful in this career? Ended up going to the University of West Indies and doing a uh, social sciences degree, which allowed me to handpick the three minors I thought would set me up for the best success. Mm -hmm. So I did sociology, psychology, and management, which I felt gave me the best possible view of people and people within social settings, such as an organization. Right. So that's pretty much what I did. Um, bit the bullet at one point, went into UE full time, mm -hmm. finished off those two years. And during that period, I also would have been going into university older than most people who go straight. Yeah. 
And I had a decision to make about whether I would do an internship because obviously mm-hmm. everybody else doing the internship is still in their teens. I am now like 2021. 20, what am I going to do? And I said I would. And doing okay. that internship, obviously I was approaching it from a more mature place. Right. That led to my first HR role, which odd as it may be, was a supervisory role. But the person who recommended me and the person who took a chance on me, those two coming together, Mm -hmm. all did it based on the potential they saw. Mm. And I say to people all the time, my start in HR is not ideal. It's not what everybody's able to do. Most people Mm -hmm. are like, how do I get into HR? How do I get into HR? But if I didn't make the bold step first to say, forget age, I am going to do this internship in HR then I would not have met the person who gave me the leg up, who then Mm -hmm. introduced me to the person who said, you know what, I see what she can become as well. So I will give her that opportunity. And that's pretty Mm -hmm. much how I got my first HR job. Mm -hmm. And I, going into HR, I also never felt like I was just an HR professional. I always felt like because I was going to be in finance, numbers don't scare me. So mm-hmm. I can understand and speak the language of the CFO. I can talk to the general manager and I can marry all of that to what the people really need in order to align the people to the purpose of the business. Mm-hmm. And that was my approach from the beginning. So yeah. I always saw myself as a business professional who just wanted to excel in a field called human resources. Mm. <laughs> mm. That is such an amazing story. You just made my heart sing. You really did. You really did. So many takeaways from this. So let me unpack a little bit. Number Uh one, you started to an internship and not thinking about your age, Uh just knowing you want to make a start somewhere and taking this chance and you went into this internship, which put you in a great space to develop and grow your HR career. Uh Fantastic. So what advice do you have for people who may be in similar situations to yours and might be feeling a little apprehensive about whether or not they should pursue an internship? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the thing about it is once you find an organization that aligns with your value system and is willing to give you the opportunity, then it's almost like asking for an opportunity and then saying, well, not this isn't it, right? Mm-hmm, you, have to, mm-hmm. you have to step up and show up for any opportunities that allow you to start to walk in the purpose or the vision you've designed for your life. Um, The other thing is that even if an internship opportunity does not present itself, Mm -hmm. I recently had a conversation with someone who wants to get into HR and they were saying, well, you know, there are no opportunities where I am. What do I do? And I'm like, well, is there a health and safety committee? Are there committees that plan events? Mm-hmm. Are there opportunities for you to be the one to step up and say, you know what would be great for us to do as a company? And I will lead it. Here's yes. my plan. This is how mm-hmm. I will There's several opportunities for you to lead in the area of people mm-hmm. without having a title that puts yes. you in their people department. And I think that's something people need to think about. Absolutely. I always tell people when they ask me that and they tell me they have no opportunities, I go, there is a door everywhere sometimes. Yeah. The door, you you can actually see it, physically walk through it. And other times you go and make it yourself. Correct. But there's a door everywhere. Mm-hmm. I agree. 100%. Yes. I love that. 
The other point that you made that really stood out for me in terms of how you grew your HR career is that people who see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we, like you said, you started, you were thinking finance. You were thinking you were going to follow your brother and go into finance. And then you uh-huh. realize, hey, no, this is definitely not for me. When it comes to paying it forward, because I know you do this so well, Paula, uh, what are some of the things that you look for in people who you think would make great HR people? So the first thing is, do they care to make a difference? Because that's what we do, right? Mm -hmm. At the core of everything we do as HR professionals, regardless of what you call yourself, regardless of which functional area in HR you're into, we have to care to make a difference. So Mm -hmm. I always look for that. Then I I try to get an appreciation for what values do they prioritize, right? Where where are they? How is that going to align? And once I can see those things lining up, then I am all in to invest in helping them to be the best version of themselves. Because mm-hmm. once you care to make a difference, you're going to be consistent in how you show up and what you do for the people around you and for the organization. You're mm-hmm. going to want to make an impact. You're mm-hmm. going to use your influence responsibly. So it all starts with, does this individual care to make a difference? And, and that's yes. really what I look for. Yeah, that is beautiful because you're not looking at the academics. No. You're looking at the person from within. So you're seeing who the person really is at their core and what their values are and whether or not they're going to make a difference in people's lives. I have a friend who always says for us as HR people, she says, we are people experience architects. We are people architects. And it's really important for us to understand that we create experiences, we architect experiences and it takes a very special person to do that. So what you're looking for that consistently, consistently <laughs> yes, and to do that. And so it's important to understand what that person is at their core. I love that. Well, the other, the last thing I want to unpack from this before we move on is you talked about the importance of understanding the business. So even though you are an HR professional in the insurance industry, when you first got into the space, you got to work in the industry in other parts of the business. And the importance of being able to speak the language of the business. Mm -hmm. It's so critical and so important. And a lot of times as HR professionals, we miss this. So Paula, please tell the people, (laughs) tell the people why it is important to be business conscious in order to be successful as an HR professional. Because the business, whether it's for-profit or not-for-profit, that's Mm -hmm. why you show up, right? When you decide, this is where I want to to work, these are the people I want to be associated with, their goals are your goals. For the HR professional, however, we have to remember that we are coming up against a whole set of rhetoric that says we are not about the business, Mm -hmm. we're just about the soft stuff, we mm-hmm. don't speak the language. We, yes. So our own credibility coming through the door is shot. Yes. So if we don't take the time to understand the business and to be relatable and be able to identify with why this business exists, how it makes money, mm-hmm. and be able to do things to help the business make money or to deliver services that are, are nonprofit, 
Mm-hmm. If we don't get that, then our credibility or the way people see our credibility is, is confirmed, right? Because it's like, yes. well, I was right about HR. They, yes. they just and they don't do anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll give another story in terms when I sure. transitioned into the telecommunications industry, I remember mm-hmm. at the time coming in, the, the team was complaining a lot about this tower they used to go to and they have to go up all these floors and they would have to take equipment and it wasn't safe and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm coming. And they're like, no, you're not coming because it was at the cement plant, right? So it's mm-hmm. really dusty and it was yeah. many feet into the air. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm coming. And I remember the day I showed up with my steel tip boots on and my hard hat. And I was like, who's taking me? And mm-hmm. was like, you really going for real? I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. do this so that mm-hmm. I can understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I cannot communicate to leadership the position unless I understand the position. Yes. So that's just a simple example of you need to understand what people are going through to be yes. able to relate to leadership. This is a challenge we're having. Mm-hmm. Here is a solution. I know this is the solution because I yes. right? mm-hmm. and that's that can apply in, in any situation. Yes, instead of just repeating it third party. Correct. Actually being a part of the experience and understanding Correct. people's pain points. Mm-hmm. makes all the difference in how you interpret that to the business and are able to get stakeholder buy-in. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I know we are so aligned on so many things. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, let's talk to younger Paula. What advice would you give to your younger self if you are now entering the HR profession, knowing what you know now? What would I tell my younger self? Um... I would probably tell my younger self to focus more on building the coaching skill set early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I think over my career, what I've learned is that leaders resist change most. Yes. And the, mm-hmm. the wider team is usually ready. Like, they're yeah. like, we have to change, you know, bring it. Mm-hmm. And then the leaders are like, are you saying that I failed? <laughs> Yeah, you can't see the big picture. How dare you? My last promotion that I what, right? How dare you? How dare you? The audacity of you. So, I think I would have focused on building that muscle a little early, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because it would have helped me navigate a lot better earlier in my career. Because what Mm -hmm. I can do now, in terms of helping drive change and leading transformation efforts, and and highlighting the importance of culture, all those things that I now can do because I've built muscle. Yeah, I worked on that a little earlier. I might have avoided mm-hmm. a little pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. So for all you younger HR people, understand, develop your coaching muscle. It really is important. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So tell us, Paula, what's got you excited about being in HR right now? The ability to continue to, to make an impact, right? Mm-hmm. What what I do every day, regardless of how it shows up, is to create an experience for people that allows them to show up as their best self and do the best work, mm-hmm. right? That's, for me, that's powerful. That's yeah. something that most people don't get to do in, in their daily work, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to do that 
and deliver results for the business, deliver results for individuals. That's that's some important stuff. Yeah. And I, I why I continue to be passionate about HR as well is because the reality is in our organizations we have a captive audience. That's our mm-hmm. that's our community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They then go out into the wider community. So where we create amazing experiences at work, they're happier in their families. Mm -hmm. Their families are happier because of how they're able to come home to them. Mm -hmm. Then within their own communities, they're able to show up in a better way. And imagine if every workplace focused on that and delivering that, you can imagine how transformative that is for a national culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we do very powerful work in HR. And I think that's something people need to really zone in on and appreciate that what we do can make a difference so far removed from where we sit. Mm -hmm. You are so right. Just see the bigger picture. Absolutely. Is what I grab from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we're able to see the bigger picture of how what we do impacts the people we serve Mm -hmm. and how that makes them feel to come to work. But then also how that makes them feel in their homes, in their communities. And then that also transcends to the ability for us to be able to recruit in those communities. Because if they are happy with the experience they're having in the organization, they're going to tell people about it. And then when things open up, they're going to say, go apply, go and apply for that job. I'm telling you, my organization is the (laughs) best place to work. Just for that alone, you will people will gravitate to your Definitely. organization. Yes. I love it. Oh my goodness. This is such a great <laughs> conversation. Why do we take so long to have this conversation, Paula? I, I know, know, right? I know. Life <laughs> like you was are, life-ing. We recently got life, that. Life was, I, <laughs> life was lifing. I like that. It's so true. And because life is lifing and you are such a busy person, outside of Paula, the human resource professional, you are a mother, um, you're a family member, you're a friend. And so how do you strike the balance? What do you do to take care of yourself? I mean, I could see in the background. And I, you... I know you can see my water bottle is still there from this morning, right? So I, <laughs> I was on there this morning. <laughs> you, were, you were on it. You were on it. I was on it. I, was, uh-huh. I merged my life in this room. Um, I have my <laughs> exercise equipment and my, my office space, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, exercise is an important thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I see that as my way of taking care of myself. And yeah. I, I tend to do mornings, so I take care of okay. myself before I take care of anybody else. Right. Um, when I, I, I remember there was a time in my life where I would spend like maybe four days a week. Ooh. And there was a period at work where I was getting to, to go to spin class. Uh-huh. And an employee said to me, you're not spinning anymore. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> right? So what that is important. I have to exercise for my, yes. to be able to show up as my best yes. self. Mm-hmm. So exercise is important. I would also say, checking in with myself. So I know mm-hmm. when I need to stop and I know when I need to, to detach. But I also have an amazing tribe. I have an amazing Mm. tribe at work who will say to me, you need a time out. Mm -hmm. There was a period during the height of the pandemic when the uncertainty was major. Yes. Where my team actually went to my boss and said, Paula needs to take vacation. And my boss was like, okay, let's get her on vacation, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, So I 
my tribe is important to my self-care. Yeah. And on top of all of that, I have a recently turned nine-year-old daughter who will keep me in check because she will be in my beauty products. <laughs> she will be wasting them. So that's a oh. reminder to, you're, oh, you, need to, you need to do some you stuff to, for yourself. You need to do some stuff. Mm-hmm. If not, your daughter is going to do it for you. She, oh, she will use them. She will use them all the way out. So, I yeah. love that. Oh, my goodness. There's something about a daughter that just, <laughs> oh, they will test your patience, but they will also, they're not afraid to call you out on stuff. Yeah, yeah. And somebody told me, you know, you get the daughter you deserve, right? That's it. And I thought, Ooh. yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting one. Hmm. Yeah, you got the daughter you deserve. <laughs> if I think of, if I think about my daughter right now, I definitely got the daughter I deserve. Well, there you go. Because I, I had two hurricanes for our sons. <laughs> and my daughter is just so chill and peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying to me one day, and I think she probably was about nine or ten, and she was like, Mom, you, you needed me in your life. You see these boys? <laughs> Just gonna drive you crazy, and I will give you peace. And I was like, I she was about nine or ten. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you said you get the daughter you deserve, yeah, that really, really, deserve. yeah, that really resonated with me. <laughs> I, Jasmine, love you. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you the big question: mm-hmm. What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? That HR is fluffy. You know, Oof. HR is about the soft stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not true. No. Any conversation about culture, any conversation about employee experience is a conversation about profitability. It is mm-hmm. a conversation about success. There is no organizational success without a focus on those things. And if you mm-hmm. are successful without focusing, you are successful in spite of. Mm-hmm. You are not successful because of. But yeah. you could be successful because of. Yes. Right? So it's it's not about fluff. It's mm-hmm. about your bottom line and how mm-hmm. good that can look. It's about what your shareholder return is going to look like. If you're giving them 10%, you could give them 40%. Mm-hmm. Just tweak your focus and yeah. see what, what the results could look like. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has ever explained it like that. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. I really do believe that it is important for us to recognize as HR people the impact that we have on the organization. Definitely goes beyond the soft skills mm-hmm. a lot of times i remember when they passing to somebody one time you know i'm not cotton wool you know <laughs> you feel this is soft yeah. fluff like yeah. no like we know our we know our thing we know our business we know our stakeholders mm-hmm. we understand what it takes to move the business to the next level and if we really are the partners that your organization deserves Mm-hmm. And in order for that to happen, lots of things have to happen on the business side of things. Like they have to be able to share things with us and be transparent and be open. But we we have to build those relationships in order to get that. Mm-hmm. So we can do the great stuff that you're talking about. 
Definitely, definitely. And it all goes back to the, the whole notion of credibility, right? Yes. Because coming in the door, when you have an appreciation for how people see you, mm-hmm. then you have to clearly define what your vision for making a difference in that organization looks like yes. and how you are going to impact the organizational success directly. Mm-hmm. And once you do that and get to work, then people start yeah. to change their views on, on HR. Yes, definitely. Well, I can see that you are making a great difference where you are and in your space. Um, I highly respect you. I love, Thank adore you, the work Joey. you do. <laughs> and I wish you nothing but success. Can you tell the audience like what you're reading, watching, listening to right now that you think they would um, appreciate? So not watching anything. Um, okay. <laughs> But I'm definitely reading. I okay. I recently was delving into a book I read before. Um, so highly recommend it. It's No Ego by Cy Wakeman. I don't know if you read it. Okay. Um, I have not. I'm no. now on my reading list. Thank you very yeah, much. Well, it, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. Um, <laughs> okay. She really takes you through how to have both accountability and happiness in an organization mm-hmm. through calling people up to greatness. So mm-hmm. challenging thinking and when people are coming with stories helping them to really examine those stories and determine what do you know for sure what's your role in it you know how are you going to help right what would great look like now those are some of the questions she throws out to people Mm -hmm. and what i have found is that applying that in the workspace what has happened over a period of time is that somebody might come to me and tell me something and I said, well, how come you didn't come tell me when it first happened? And they're like, because I know what you're going to say. What do you know for sure? What was your role in it? And what, what she really is saying in the book is that we spend so much time managing drama in the workplace. And there's a way to avoid that. So I mm-hmm. think that's a great read. I went back into that recently. Yeah. Um, but what I started reading like within the last two days is a book called Disruption Proof. Mm. Um, that one is by Brad Cooper and just started it, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, He he started it. He he said it was started before COVID, but then pandemic happened. He talks about the fact that we were so used to uncertainty before, but we need to now get used to disruption and build really resilient organizations. Mm. And as I started to read that, when you think about the pandemic and what we went through, mm-hmm. building a resilient organization doesn't start in the midst of disruption, right? Yeah. Which takes me right back to the culture conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would say to HR professionals is don't just read leadership books. Don't just no. read employee engagement books. Read mm-hmm. business books. Yes. Disruption Proof is a business book. Mm-hmm. But even within the first couple chapters, I'm thinking about culture. I'm thinking about employee experience. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I always tell people when I when they ask me about my HR career and things that influenced it early on, mm-hmm. the book looks a great, which is a business book, right? Uh-huh. That was one of the first books I read when I started yeah. as an HR supervisor. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. That book opened my eyes to how important it was to be a business professional as mm-hmm. a HR professional, right? Yes. Um, so I would say read widely. Don't just stick to the stuff that's for our specific profession. Right. Um, but Disruption Proof, I'll come back and let you know when I finish it, Jules. But yes, please. Definitely, mm-hmm. a buddy, so far. And it was actually oh, nice. to, so 
not mine, so I have to make notes. Oh. I usually oh. I still like books. Yes. And I like to highlight and write things. Yes. I'm old school that way. So because it. it's not mine now, I have to make notes in a separate book. Oh, man. But that's all right. Okay. That's all right. That's, you, you just gave me an idea of what I could get gift you. <laughs> <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing those books. And I really, I agree with you. Nothing is more important than gaining knowledge. Uh-huh. but not just in your space. Yes. Which is why I always encourage people, just as you said, like read business books, uh-huh. um, but also listen to business podcasts. However you can take in information, yeah. do it Do it your way. Absolutely. But there's information about how to build business, how to understand business in so many different forms. I mean, that's why I read fortune that's why i read ink mm-hmm. <laughs> um rolling stone believe it or not but there's so many different things that you learn in those yes. magazines about business and how ceos are taking their business to the next level i love a good ebony magazine because you learn about black entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. how people are building their businesses and funny enough um and and let me ask you this when it comes to entrepreneurship and the question of whether or not you should engage HR, I know for me, I always say to people, at least get a consultant from day one because the, mm-hmm. your HR person should be your first employee. I believe that mm-hmm. because then they're going to help you build your employee, your workforce mm-hmm. effectively when you include an HR person from day one. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? And what I else do. would you add? Okay. I do. And the, the reality is, and Peter Drucker said it best, mm-hmm. culture eats strategy for breakfast, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Even as an entrepreneur, you know what your vision is for your business. You know where you want to take it. Mm-hmm. But none of that works without people. Even if you are the only person, yes. you need to figure out how to organize yourself how to manage your own self so that you are showing up as your best self. And those are the kind of conversations that an HR professional can guide you through as opposed to you just going out there and and dropping flyers and and posting on social media. Mm -hmm. When that all hits the road and the customers show up, how are you keeping them there? It's the full side that keeps them at your door and Mm -hmm. coming back and making referrals. So definitely. Yes, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Tell the good people listening today uh, where they can find you on social media and what is next for Paula Walker. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there as myself, Paula Walker. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. um, And what's next is I really do want to write more. Um, on my vision board this year, there's a big thing that says thought leadership. Mm -hmm. And I I know that I have a lot to share. Um, You do. When I do share it, people like it. And I just need to make the time and and get it done. And share more articles, do more inspiring in a formal way um, via LinkedIn. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, HR people, the best place for you to live is on LinkedIn. <laughs> Ain't nothing like sharing your thought leadership on LinkedIn. Nothing. Yeah. And you build you build 
you said the word tribe. You build tribe, you build community. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is one of the best places to do that. Nothing like a global tribe. Yes, you going, keep going. It's true. Well, Paula, that being said, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I don't know why it took so long, but it did. And we Listen, did it. What did you say? Delayed, but not denied, my friend. Delayed, but not denied. <laughs> Well, you are welcome back anytime. Door is always open for you. And I know there are lots of HR topics that we could talk about in more detail, but at least the people know you now. So when they hear you again or see you again, they know who they're talking to. Thank you for having me, Julie. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure, my friend. Anytime. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.